Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Community Solutions Podcast. I am your host, Kim the SME, and today we're going to continue the discussion of Dear Manager. So last week, I was speaking on the subject Dear Manager, basically from the employee's perspective of what we would tell management in corporate America. Right? So today I just wanted to continue on the topic and just try to speak on ways that we can improve as a corporation, as having a relationship between employee and manager, okay, staff level and manager. It's very important that management listens to their staff because the staff are the ones who actually have hands-on experience, whatever product or service it is that that company provides. And so last week I was really just talking about how there can be issues that could be mitigated at the very early stages that management sometimes brushes off, right? Like it's not an issue, but once it becomes major or financially impacting, then they want to scramble, you know, once the, the higher ups, maybe the C-suite finds out, then they want to hurry up and try to resolve it. And then, you know, comes repercussions of getting written up because uh, it was not resolved fast enough. Okay. so. Dear manager, it is so important for you to listen to your staff because again, just like how you all say, you are you are a team. And so it's important to nurture that relationship. It's it's kind of like a give and take type thing, right? So today I also wanted to add to that and speak about turnover. Departmental turnover. As an employee and as someone who is seeking for a promotion or for a job change, but wants to stay inside that company, the employees are always looking for an open position. But if your department always has a position available because your staff is always leaving or they are going to a different department, if we dig deeper, it says a lot about you, okay? Especially from within. And, and I'm not speaking as if you're getting a lot of uh, internal resumes or applications for that position that you have available. I'm talking as if you're not getting any. And so we really have to think about that. Why are you not getting any internal applications? Why are current employees of that organization who are seeking and are capable and meet all requirements not applying for your open position? It says something about you. How are you treating your employees in your department? I saw that a lot in corporate America. The ones that are there in your department now are stuck. They may have been there years and they can't go anywhere else or their attitude or their favoritism. So they get the um, they receive the, the great aspects of being in your department, whereas others do not or would not. So please keep that in mind that even though you walk around with a smile on your face or your chipper or this or that, but. You're doing that to strangers. How are you treating your employees? Okay, so that says a lot about you. So I would say for anyone 
who's looking for a promotion or who wants to change into a different department. Observe what's going on there now, if possible. Everyone can't do that. But even in the interviewing process, I always ask, what is your turnover like? What would your team say your management style is like? What would your team say they would like for you to improve upon? Now, when you start asking that those questions and your interviewer or that manager is giving you a side eye or something, those are already red flags. Right? Those are already red flags. So for both sides, for the employee and for the manager, be mindful how you are treating people. Be mindful how their people are being treated. Okay, because it, it definitely says a lot. And you, what you don't want is to transfer into a different department and then be miserable. And I used to hear a lot of people say, and I didn't understand it at the time, I'd rather stick with the devil I know than the devil I don't know. So they'd rather be miserable, basically like in hell, instead of going to a different position in hell. Why do we have to be in hell anyway? Why can't we be in heaven? Why, why can't we be in a great place? Why, why do we feel like we're stuck in a, in a horrible, toxic environment? That's, not, that's nothing that we want to get used to. Okay, so I just want everyone to keep that in mind. Okay, also, dear manager, how are you hiring for your, for your open positions? I have seen, and my dad used to tell me this all the time, where he would see the people that are reviewing the resumes, throwing out resumes based off of the name. Is that some type of discrimination? Yes. Right? Just because the name, not even going down to look at what the qualifications are. But that's a great thing for the person that is resumes getting thrown away because who wants to work in a, in a company or organization or for someone who has that type of mentality, right? So it's definitely a blessing in disguise, but number two, that person shouldn't be in that hiring space anyway. They shouldn't even be in, 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 in that organization unless that organization supports that, okay? So dear manager, what resumes are you choosing to review? or choosing to disregard. It's very important that you think about that. Wouldn't it be great if, since, since we know that this does happen, wouldn't it be great if the resumes could be nameless and maybe even schoolless? Yes, the school is very important, but I'm just saying that and the education and all that is, is very important. But if we had to make a decision on the best way to have non-discriminatory practices, what if the names were removed from the resumes? Just something I thought of, if you all wouldn't mind um, commenting, leaving a comment of what you think about that down below. But it's very important that we don't disregard people based off of what they look like or 
their names, you can't pronounce it, or you're, you're the one missing out on the talent. That's all I wanted to say. You're the one missing out on the talent. And that was the grace of God for them that, you know, they were not chosen. So moving on, who are you promoting, dear manager? Are you promoting the person that is actually coming in and working and taking on responsibilities and being innovative? Or are you rewarding the one who does the bare minimum and, um, you know, isn't the team player and is the complainer, but you've known them for, for several years prior to them working there? So there's a lot of things that's going on that we could really improve upon. And it's not difficult. Because guess what? Once you hire that person, yes, they are happy. They are content. They are pleased with the promotion you've given them. But if they weren't doing, if they weren't meeting expectations at the lower level, what are they going to do at the higher level? They're going to have those high expectations for the people that they're over. And here you are creating again the toxic environment. These are, these are all small ways that the toxic work environment exists. So what are you doing? If, if you are a manager listening to this or the last, this past episode, what actions are you taking to avoid these types of scenarios? Have you experienced any of these? Have you seen your, your peers make any of these decisions or any of these calls or any of these choices? What do you do? Do you have a conversation with them? Because again, what we need are leaders. So if you are complacent in seeing your peers, you know, perform these actions and make these decisions, then you have some responsibility on your plate as well. Teamwork is at all levels. Teamwork is at all levels of the organization. Holding each other accountable is at all levels of the of the organization. It's not just at the, the ground level. So I don't want this episode to just be about the negatives because I've had several great managers whom they probably don't remember. Well, I would say they do remember me because I was a great employee, but I don't believe they know the impact that they had on me. I don't believe they know or remember or recall the decisions they made for me that impacted me up until now. And so for that, I am so grateful, so grateful. And one day I would like to have them on this podcast. I'm sure they don't know about it yet, but they will. And I would love to have them on here and I would love for them to, you know, speak about their experiences, their experiences with me, how I impacted the departments. Um, I'm, I'm almost speechless because one, this is what great, great managers and leaders do. They fight for their team. They fight for their team. If they see that one of their team members is being done wrong or they may be uh, blamed for something or reprimanded for something, they stand up for them. 
they stand up for them. And so one manager I, I can think of right now, um, she actually went to HR for me. Like, no, this is not the case. No, I will not stand for this. And then it was also, she needs a promotion. She's the one that, that knows the work. She's the one that trained the last, last, the last employee and, you know, all of that. So it's, it's great that there are people in this world that will fight on your behalf that can see what is being done unjust to you and will speak up and stand out for you. That is amazing. That is something that we all want, whether it's in the workplace or at home or in the grocery store or in the courtroom. We all want that. We all want that. I've had another another manager who um, He actually threw a baby shower for me, right? When I thought I'm, I'm hiding my pregnancy because I had just gotten there and um, I needed the job so bad. I needed it so bad. And he was in on this uh, baby shower for me at the workplace. And so I am just forever grateful. It could have went all kind of which ways, but there was grace. And that's what Kim unity is all about. K-I-M, in case this is your first episode and tuning in, Kim unity, K-I-M. Treating people how you want to be treated. Listening to your intuition and following it and being mindful, being mindful that everyone has different lived and unlived experiences to extend grace and empathy and, and to have open lines of communication. Karma, intuition, mindfulness. Karma, intuition, mindfulness. That is what I stand for. That's what I stand on. That's what I practice. And it just feels so good when, they, when you find other people who do the same thing that you you had never communicated. In both of those instances of the great managers that I've had that I just, you know, explained, they both did that. They both treated me as if in the way that they would want to be treated or someone they loved want to be treated. They stood up, stood up for me as if they would do a loved one. They used their intuition. Like, you know. Is this true? Is it false? Is it? They went for it and they were mindful. They were mindful of the situation. They were mindful of the circumstances. They were mindful as if they were in that position. They, they had an open mind. They had understanding. They had empathy. And so that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Be the solution. Be the solution. Not S-O-L, S-O-U-L. Solution. A solution with souls in mind. A solution with souls in mind. Because at any point, 
even though it could have been against the law, it could have been done anyway. This manager could have fired me for not disclosing I was pregnant or because I was going to be out of work. Right. And when you start a position like that, you don't have a lot of leave time. I didn't qualify for any leave. Right. So he could have easily made the decision of letting me go. And I'm not getting into the laws and stuff because people break the laws all the time. Either way, it could have been done. Either way, he could have let me go. Right. But instead, he celebrated me. Oh, my gosh. My dad said, don't you ever cry at work. I grew up with with that kind of mentality. So that's why it's important to know and be mindful of the fact everyone has lived and unlived experiences. Everybody's father didn't tell them don't cry at work. Because there's some criers in the corporate office, right? To, to have that needle swing their way, they're, excuse me, it, it came out. Did you hear it? For that needle to swing their way, they will shed some tears. And then they get the empathy, right? But, but the mindfulness and, and all that, it, it, it's not the whole formula. It's not the whole formula. But when I tell you I cried, at that baby shower because I had no idea it was happening because I was so scared I was going to lose my job. But the entire department came through. And for that, you all, I am very grateful. I'm not calling out any names at this time. A lot of details I don't provide because it's really not about the details. If I'm talking about a horrible manager, it's really not about the details of the names and the person and all that stuff. I want you to know the facts of what happens on giving you the issue that, that um, occurred and also providing a solution. Are my solutions the only solution? No, they're not. That's why in unity, we can create the best solutions. So I want you all to just be mindful of that. So just as I speak of managers needing improvement, ground level staff need improvement, the CEOs and the CFOs and owners, we all need improvement. There is always room for improvement. But today I just wanted to come on and um, add to what I discussed last week about issues that staff members have with their managers such as, you know, turnover and promotions and being micromanaged and not listened to. I mean, if you have to micromanage someone, you did a horrible job in the interview. And then not even just that, because we all know that looking at a resume doesn't tell us everything, right? But after you saw, after you identified an issue, you didn't resolve it. So that's where the need of micromanagement comes in. That's the only need. If you're just doing it just because, then excuse me, you are the one that is impacting the company's financials negatively. Because when you micromanage someone who does not need it, who does not, it was never called for, you're doing it out of ego. That employee is not going to produce. They are not going to, I don't even like that word, but they're not going to provide the best of them. They are uncomfortable. 
They are uncomfortable. You are messing up your own bonus, actually. Because bonuses are based off of profits, right? And so if you're treating your team as badly as I've been mentioning, and I'm not saying all of you again, but if you are, you're impacting the company. You're in, as a whole, you're impacting your staff. And now that creates turnover, negatively impacting your own bonus. And usually bonuses are a percentage. So you're impacting multiple, multiple levels, right, of income. This episode is really about being aware of what's going on in corporate America and asking you to think about your practices. Review what I've been discussing in this episode. Go back to the last episode and just see, okay, am I doing this? Even though if nobody's ever approached you, but look inward into yourself. Am I doing any of this? Have I looked at a resume and saw the name and said, no, I'll pass on this one? There's so much that we could be doing better as a unit individually and in unity as a whole. We can do so much better. Why not? It's hard because I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, be the solution, be the solution, be the solution, be the solution. They don't always want to be the solution, right? But when they do, it's major. When they come home and tell me what they've done for someone else and not just to be bragging, but just to let me know that they heard me and they applied it and to whom they applied it to or to whatever position or situation it was, how it impacted them, how it affected them, how they saw the eyes, you know, their eyes light up or whatever the case may be. So I challenge you all, before you make the next decision, think about it. Think about if it meets the formula. Is it a solution, S-O-U-L, or is it just a solution? A solution is just a one-sided opportunity. Is your solution just to benefit you? Or is it a solution? Do you have so souls in mind? Is it mutually beneficial? That's something for you to think about. And I, and I implore you to practice it and to think about it. Anyone out there who is in the middle of making a decision or even making a sale, if you don't believe in that product, why are you selling it? Would you sell it to your grandmother? Would you sell it to your mother? How you are treating this person, would you want your grandmother to be treated like that or your aunt or your father? Karma, intuition, mindfulness. These are the three keys, three elements of a solution. And I just want us all to just think about that. We all can do better. I can do better. Everyone can do better. So 
I am Kim the SME. I thank you all for listening. Please tune in to the episode prior so you can hear the full conversation and all of the um, elements that I touched on previously regarding Dear Manager. You all have a blessed one and I will talk to you soon. Be blessed.